0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we have a sequence of Mishnah in the fourth chapter, which begin with a phrase like, well, for example, in the fourth Mishnah, Shav Baderach, someone who was sitting on the road. Or in the fifth Mishnah, um, Shen Baderach, someone who slept on the road. And now, as we move into the um, the seventh Mishnah, we're getting towards the end of this chapter, we're going to have Mishib Bavaderech, someone who is coming on the road. And we're coming, by the way, out of unconsciousness into consciousness. So, so far, we've dealt with situations where someone might not have been exactly conscious of what was happening when Shabbat came in either because they well they may they were asleep when Shabbat came in or whether they didn't know where exactly they were in relation to the boundaries of the town or maybe in the very first Mishnah in the chapter they were forcibly removed from the boundaries of the town by Gentiles or by some kind of psychological illness so we've been dealing if you like with involuntary or unseeing um, presence outside the Tchum, and now we're going to come into consciousness. Misha bavader, someone who came on the road, vechashchalo, and he vechashchalo, and he sees it's getting dark, kir and he recognized a tree or a fence. He knows where he is. V'amar shvitati tachtav lo he recognizes this is where he is and he sees a tree or a fence and he says may my Shabbat place be under it and the Mishnah says a lot hasn't said anything. We'll explore this in a bit more detail in a sec but let's just think for a minute why he might want to do that. Well let's say for example there were four thousand Amot outside town. We can't, we can't get to town. On the other hand, if we could see a tree or a fence or some kind of marker halfway between where we are now and town, we could say, ah, let my Shabbat center be under that tree and then I can walk 2,000 amot to the direction of the tree and another 2,000 amot onwards and then I'll be somewhere safe for Shabbat. So we can see why we might want to do that. And mysteriously, the Mishnah says, no lo amar klum and then it comes back he might say shvitati B let my shabbat place be at its root he's a little bit more precise he doesn't just say um or gadat he doesn't say um Shvitati tachtav, my Shabbat place is under it. And remember, by the way, a tree can be a big object. A tree can be much bigger than the four amot, which we think of a human as possessing. You know, under a tree, that's a big space. So he says, Shvitati be at its root. That seems to work. Mahalech mi makom adi kro al He can walk from the place where it stands to its root. Two thousand cubits to al and then another two thousand cubits from its root to his house, thus me that way he can actually walk four thousand cubits after dark, so this is something with intention. And the rabbi seemed to be going out of their way to explain to him how he can get safe by Shabbat. And maybe we can understand this right. Because I I don't think in a time of the Mishnah being stuck out in the field for Shabbat with possibly dangerous uh, robbers or Gentiles or whoever around, Roman soldiers who might kill you. I don't think that would have been a very pleasant proposition. Now, what if he doesn't recognize anything? what if he doesn't see anything or maybe he doesn't know the halacha maybe he doesn't know that it's he's supposed to do this fascinating by the way that rabbi Yudan nasi when he's compiling the mishnah is thinking about situations where someone doesn't know the halacha he needs to know fascinating that they're bringing this stuff in and he says let my present position let my place be my shabat place shvitati beam kumi zahalom komo apaimamal choluach his position gains him a right of movement of 2000 units in every in any bahol ruach in any direction any direction Agulot ben Antigonus, in a circle, a two thousand Ama circle, according to Rabbi Achanina Ben Antigonus. And by the way, we've always talked so far about circles. I mean we've seen all these diagrams of circles I've been building for you on the source sheet. But it's not the last word. Vachamimomrim merubaot, the distance it's square. Katavla Look at a beautiful, beautiful uh, Uh, This this word must be cognate with table. I don't know. I don't think it comes from the Latin because the Latin for table is different. Maybe it comes from Greek. And certainly there are more Greek words and Latin words in the Mishnah. Katavla murubat. Like a square tablet. K'day shia niskar la zaviot, So that he can gain the area of the corners. Let's look at what we're talking about. Uh, look, so the um, Rabbi, uh, uh, Rabbi Hanidah ben Antigonus is talking about a classic circle. The rabbis are talking, actually, I'm sorry about the large size of this image. I just don't, didn't understand how to shrink it. But the rabbis are talking about a square with the circle circumscribed in it. So the extra space in the corners that we're getting is the difference between, oh, I don't know, um, Uh, 2,000 amot in each direction is 4,000 amot in total. So this, the square must be 16,000 amot. And the circle, it's going to be pi. uh, um, It's going to be pi D. So it'll be somewhere like um, 12,500 amot. So we're getting, you know, a good 4,000 square amot. Just from making use of the of the, the corners around the circle. And there is a pasuk for it, by the way. There's a pasuk in... Um, bemidbar, when the cities of refuge are being marked out, and the the, the derivation of this is in, is an incredibly complex gzera shava in Erovin. I I didn't want to bring you the gzera shava itself because it's about a page on Eruvin, or practically a, it seems like a page. It's very complex, but in essence, this pasuk says that we measure for the cities of re- refuge a square two thousand amot outside town in four directions east south west north with the town in the center and that's the pasture for their towns it's very interesting that the cities of refuge have got um green belt around them as if they were thinking about ecology or pasture or or green issues already in 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 that time and that's how we derive from from the torah this idea that the the um, shabbat space is actually square not round let's keep going uh, let, let, let let let's let's keep going um let's have a look at the principle this is what they said this is in other words now just going back to the this person who establishes maybe maybe we'll just go back to the, the mishnah for a sec just to remind ourselves im he says let my place be my Shabbat space. If he just says, let my place be my Shabbat place, he gets 2000 amot. i.e., he establishes his Shabbat place with his feet. And this is an innovation because until now we've been talking about establishing a Shabbat space by uh, putting an arrow there. By taking a, a, for example a piece of bread and putting it out and we discussed for example in the last chapter what happens if the arrow is eaten by a fox or if stones fall on it or if it's burnt or if it's stolen or destroyed or rolls or something happens to it we've always been talking about what we do with some food which is put out to mark the arrow. and here the man on the road is saying I just establish it with my feet I don't need food and this is essentially the context of this Mishnah. It's, Zohi Shamru. This is what they said. Anim Arev Baraglav. A poor man makes his erov with his feet. And perhaps there are a lot of discussions about this in the commentators what a poor man is. But I think there's some agreement that someone on the road who doesn't necessarily have any food with him is considered poor, at least for the purpose of this halacha And Rabbi Meia says we only we only have a poor man i.e we only apply this halacha to a poor man as far as Rabbi Meir is concerned the essence of Eruv is bread just as we've been talking for the last for the last few days and this this um, except this um, facility that we're making for a poor man or a man on a journey or a woman on a journey, this facility that we're making is a leniency. But that's not the only way of looking at it. Let's have a look at Rabbi Yuda. Rabbi Yudah Omer, Echadeni uh, Lo Amru B So I just need to uncover my screen for a sec. Lo amrūm befat Rabbi Yudas says, it's, the rule is the same actually for rich and poor. The essence of a the es, the essence of the air of isn't bread, just like Rabbi Meir says. The essence is actually feet hakel The reason that we can make an eruv with with bread, is to make life easy for the rich man. rev braglav, so he shouldn't have to go out with his feet and make an eruv. So, in other words, as far as Rabbi Meir is concerned, the essence of the halacha is bread, and we we allow feet to be lenient for poor people. As far as Rabbi Yudai is concerned, the essence of the Eruv is feet. And we only allow bread to be lenient for a rich person. Because, of course, a rich person, if we're dealing with bread, you don't need feet at all. A rich person can give the bread to a servant or to a slave and can say, please go and take this to such and such a place and deposit my Eruv. In such and such a place for me, and we, of course, we learned a little about a bit about the use of a, a emissary to establish the heir of. I think back in the second chapter of Eruvin, or certainly a couple of chapters back. So that's the difference between these two views. Rabbi Yudah says the essence of the heir of his feet, and there's a leniency for the rich. Rabbi Meir says the essence of the heir of is bread, and there's a leniency. For the poor. And I think we go according to Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.